Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, June the 8th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year A, proper week five, which is the second Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary in this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves in the book of Romans, chapter 4, verses 13 through 25. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection. And then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Romans chapter 4, verses 13 through 25. The promise to Abraham and to his descendants that he would inherit the world didn't come through the law but through the righteousness that comes from faith. If they inherit because of the law, then faith has no effect and the promise has been canceled. The law brings about wrath, but when there isn't any law, there isn't any violation of the law. That's why the inheritance comes through faith, so that it will be on the basis of God's grace. In that way, the promise is secure for all of Abraham's descendants, not just for those who are related by law, but also for those who are related by the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all of us. As it is written, I have appointed you to be the father of many nations. So Abraham is our father in the eyes of God in whom we had faith, the God who gives life to dead and calls things that don't exist into existence. When it was beyond hope, he had faith in the hope that he would become the father of many nations. In keeping with the promise God spoke to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Without losing faith, Abraham, who was nearly 100 years old, took into account his own body, which was as good as dead, and Sarah's womb, which was dead. He didn't hesitate with the lack of faith in God's promise, but he grew strong in faith and gave glory to God. He was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, it was credited to him as righteousness. But the scripture that says it was credited to him wasn't written only for Abraham's sake. It was written for also for our sake, because it is going to be credited to us too. It will be credited to those of us who have faith in the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over because of our mistakes, and he was raised to meet the requirements of righteousness for us. This is a word of God for us. Okay, so before I get into a little comment about Romans chapter 4, I invite you to stick around for there's an extra segment at the end of this episode, just some sort of a an announcement, uh, an opportunity for you as we get closer to our 1,000th episode. So if you'd like to hang around for that, it'll be there for you. So what can we say about Romans chapter 4? Um, just as all roads led to Rome, so all roads lead to Romans in regards to Pauline thought in his commentary on what did it mean that Jesus came as God in human form, that he suffered and died and he was resurrected. Uh, Romans is the chance for Paul to, seems to sketch it longhand. He is writing to a particular church, uh, a group of churches, house churches probably, uh, dotted in the capital city, had its own pastoral issues, uh, that, that which he gets to in uh, chapters 12 through 16 towards the end. But all he says before he gets there is important. And he seems to be bringing his first movement of his argument and thought to a head. 
here in Romans chapter 4. Um, if you were to pick up, I don't know, 20 different commentaries on the book of Romans, uh, they would have maybe 20 different things to say about what's going on in Romans chapter 4. On the one hand, some see Abraham um, just as a sermon illustration for Paul. Uh, here is uh, Abraham. He didn't have a law to follow, but he still pleased God because of his faith. And so uh, their conclusion is that um, just as we who with or without the law, whether we're Jews or not, uh, we can please God not by trying to meticulously follow the law to, quote, earn our salvation, but by faith and faith alone, right? So this is a kind of a Protestant reformed uh, view of uh, what's going on in the book of Romans. Um, some uh, others see, uh, you know, Paul using Abraham not as a sermon illustration, but uh, he is echoing back to Abraham just to be, be uh, a, a way of reminding the people of God that this is one long story. Um, it wasn't like God dealt with Abraham differently than he deals with us, but he made some promises to Abraham that God um, deems to bring to fulfillment, right? It wasn't like God promised things to Abraham as long as Abraham and Abraham's descendants followed through. But the way the covenant works, the way a covenant in this uh, community works is that a more powerful figure like God makes a commitment to a lesser figure like Abraham and Israel and the rest of humanity. Right? And both um, deem to meet in the middle and to hold up their end in the requirement of covenant. And in order to do so, uh, they try with their best faithfulness, give allegiance to their decision so that it can be held together in partnership. Um, for just what all of the cards on the table here, I kind of like the second option where Abraham is not a sermon illustration, but it's, what, it's Paul's way of reminding us that this is one long story, this one covenant story, uh, the God who created covenant with creation and with Adam and Noah and with Abraham and with Abraham's family and uh, the nation that came from his family is the same God who is seeking to keep covenant with the rest of the earth. I mean, that is the dream and the sweep of scripture is that God would find uh, co-laborers in uh, his plan uh, to love and care for creation as human subjects. And so he's looking for human subjects to continue this vocation. And uh, there's been a long line of people who've defaulted on that, including Abraham in some regards, and including Israel. Uh, but Jesus seems to be the fulfillment. Jesus is the one in which the covenant turns around, uh, not just for um, the people of Israel where Jesus came from, but also for the rest of humanity. This is the main argument that Paul is making in Romans 1-4, through that both Israelites and non-Israelites have fallen short. That's why uh, when we've memorized the Romans wrote, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, actually the better rendering is for both have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, both Jews and non-Jews. And so there just begs this question, well then how can God continue his story if everywhere he looks, everyone is failing? And so Paul draws our minds and our eyes back to Abraham. Abraham wasn't perfect, but God continued to flesh out the story in and through Abraham. And God is not going to default on that story. And so what we have here is a mixing of God's uh, faithfulness. That's what righteousness is. Righteousness is not a forensic item that God, as a holy God, gives to people who reach out to him by faith. But righteousness has a has a different uh, idea, a different definition. It's this idea that God is staying 
committed to his one unfolding story, right? And uh, we've actually seen a change in translation. Uh, if you look at uh, the, the NIV from 1984 to the NIV of 2011, uh, th- those who were translating the text, they made a critical change because of good scholarship in between those two translations. That it's not a righteousness from God, uh, apart from the law, but it's a righteousness of God. Uh, and this is because it's always God's. It's always his. He doesn't give it away. It's because it's his own commitment to the story. So Romans is a book about God. It's about the worship of God. And what uh, Paul is trying to conclude up to this point is that both Jews and non-Jews have been idolatrous. They have failed in their the, the main command that God has given humanity, which is to be in worship relationship with God. And so we're searching for answers. How can we know that God has not given up on this story? And so um, here we have, like Paul says, let me remind you of Abraham. And everyone would have remembered the stories of Abraham, the up and the downs of Abraham. And they would have remembered the story. There's this faith credit to him as righteousness from Genesis 15. It's a story when Abraham is struggling to figure out how God is going to make it all work. It's obviously the same question that people from Rome are grappling with. How is God going to make this all work? One church out of both Jews and Gentiles. We both fail God and we can't get along with one another, which is going to be the pastoral issue that he's going to cover in chapters 12 through 16. And so Paul says, let's draw our eyes back into the story so that we can become worshipers again. Abraham, in his imperfection, he reached out and God embraced him in the same way. We are imperfect, but if we reach out to God, he will embrace us still because he's the covenant-keeping God that keeps working on his story. I don't know about you, that's good news because I've already done stuff today. (laughs) I think I would prove that I'm not in covenant relationship with God. And so what I lean on is that this God continues to pursue, he continues to embrace, he continues to change me and the world around us so that it ultimately gets closer and closer to his desired conclusion that he have earth filled with people who are in covenant relationship and who worship him freely. So with those things in mind, let's pray to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're with us and we embrace you as the covenant-keeping God. That's why you're distinct and different. That's why you're holy is because you stand apart and you stand apart in your power knowledge and your love and the way in which you continue to work in and through a broken and fractured people. God, we think that this world is going somewhere, that the narrative arc of this world is towards redemption and hope and restoration. So we think that we've seen that in our lives, that we've seen it in the world around us. God, we also confess that we see shattered and fractured pieces still within us, within this world. And so we think that we're not filled with dread in this moment, but filled with faith that we can still reach out that you'll embrace us, that you'll embrace this world, even though it's broken, it's dark. We just thank you that you continue to work within it. And so God, this day, we place our lives in your hands once more. We thank you for the rest that comes with our trust and faith in you. And we just simply pray that you continue to allow your kingdom to come and will be done in our lives and through our lives to the ends of the earth. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey there, friends. I'm getting excited because the 1,000th episode of Winter Rise is set to air on June the 22nd. We're getting close, just a couple of weeks out at the time of this recording. 
And um, it's just a great milestone, something to celebrate. And what I thought about doing is gathering together like a compilation of voice memos from you, um, just to share how you use the podcast, how it's been helpful, putting those all together. And so if you'd like to submit something, just a couple of things that you could do for me, you might just record a voice memo on your phone and make it just about a minute long and send it to joeskillen at hotmail.com. Yes, friends, the Hotmail account still is active <laughs> for when I rise. Uh, if you could do that by June the 21st, that'd be great. That'll give me a couple of days to put those together in like a bit of a compilation. I'm actually going to schedule that episode to go out on Saturday, June the 24th, so that we can continue to roll with our prayer practice every day. So we'll just put that on Saturday. So if you'd like to listen to it, it'll be then. So once again, 1,000th episodes coming up on Thursday, the 22nd. If you'd like to give me a one minute max voice memo, but your response to the podcast, please send it to joeskillinhotmail.com by the 21st. And then I'll put that episode together and it'll go live on the 24th that Saturday. So thanks for taking the time and thanks for just being on this journey with me. We'll see you tomorrow.